nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite transdimensional radio station. Warning, the stunts in this show were performed by possibly the worst role models imaginable. So for your safety and the protection of those around you, never take advice from a comic book character ever again, here, on Doom Patrol Radio. Welcome back, nobody. to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast, This Side of the Painting. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about episode five of season four called Youth Patrol. In today's episode, when Rita awakens unexpectedly aged, a mishandled spell teenageifies the Doom Patrol just as Willoughby asks for their help stopping the rise of Immortus and the end of the world as they know it. Once oh, again, you get it like the song. Oh yeah, the end of the world as they know it. Yeah, I got it. I, that, I got that, it. Was that the synopsis of the episode? I didn't read it, so that was the first time I heard it, and that was a genuine <laughs> response from me. Oh, you thought I made? Oh that up? yeah, like the song that was one hundred percent genuine with that exact enthusiasm too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that is the synopsis for today's episode. Uh, and and they there's a great reference to it in this episode where they they mention the uh, the eyes from from previous the yeah. the, the unwritten book it's I episode, mean it so. furthers the uh, the point of how many end of the worlds have there been or how many are there gonna be you know hey yeah and that they just shrug through it and say well we're doing this again mm-hmm. so yeah we're we're talking about Youth Patrol today it was written by Shoshana Sachi and directed by Christopher Manley again. Um, and Nathan, what did you think about today's episode? Because I, I really like this one. Yeah, this was great. This was a fun little, uh, this was a trip. Yeah. And like a lot of senses of that word. Um, yeah, it was very entertaining. Um, a lot of laughs and, uh, just kind of a lot of quirkiness, a la teenagers and teenage emotions and whatnot. Um, yeah, it seemed like they really just got through the jumping off point about what today's episode is, like the concept, like, okay, they're gonna, we're going to teenageify the Doom Patrol. It it kind of just gets it over with, I want to say, like they just do the do the 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 turning point for the for the story. And then it just has fun with it after it's like, okay, they're they they fucked up as they do. Yeah. And then once it gets into it, it's it's a really good time watching it. So, uh yeah, I mean in this episode we're going to have things about Negative Man and Mr. 104, um Rouge and Rita, there's more of that conflict that that happens in today's episode. We have a lot of great stuff with that happens with Victor and Jane opening up about who they are them in themselves. And then there's even a good Cliff Steele moment right towards the end that you don't really see coming because um, Cliff Steele has had this kind of hidden burden in this season. And, you know, a lot of times with Cliff Steele, I feel like we we laugh through it. I I feel like that's the way Doom Patrol fans, they relate to Cliff Steele is he's a bit of the the humor in the show. And it's sometimes it's a little bit more laugh at than laugh with. 
But in this episode, it really highlights that it's all a cover-up for what's really hurting inside. You know, it's, it's that hard exterior of Cliff Steele that once we get into the softness on the inside, both, you know, like anatomically and emotionally, it's there's there's moments where we really got to think that Cliff Steele is this hard shell person uh, inside. So a lot of great stuff. Um, I got to say, Shoshana, this this feels like she wrote this episode. Like I can I can feel it, especially with the with the Jane bits. And um, I, I feel like she, especially Cliff Steele and 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 the way that he's handled in this episode, I really feel like she understands what makes she understands what makes Doom Patrol like so great when you read it. But I feel like she also she retains it is what I want to say. She she helps maintain like what you love so much about it. And it reminded yeah. me a lot of um Eric Deedle when when he wrote Sex Patrol and the Cliff Steele moment in that one, it's like we don't ever lose the adaptation, like the, the source material right. emotionally, not right. just like they understand the baseline of what Robot Man and Cliff Steele is supposed to be. And it's sometimes you do have to like bring it back to this like remember brain in a robot body like he's not just guy that can punch things because he's made of metal you know it's like not indestructible man it's still human being and also with this episode this kind of also gives us more insight to like the longevity curse i'm gonna call it because it is you know it's like (laughs) yeah yeah it's another um uh, reminder of just like that whole aspect of at least you know four of these people lives in this whole thing um mm-hmm. which is really cool i think this is like more of like a lore based episode like definitely like a a deeper deeper cut kind of feel like give us an idea of why they're still here um kind of filling in questions that maybe some people have of you know, how can they live as long? Why do they live as long? Like, what was the whole purpose of that? It's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. You got to kind of, you got to kind of go down. And it's not just like they're, you know, living so long because the chief wanted long life. It's, it's onions. It's layers. <laughs> <laughs> it's onions. Yeah. It, it, this episode really does. It, it reveals a lot. It answers a lot more than we probably would have expected from the middle of the season. There's yeah. a lot that gets revealed in this one from all the characters and, and the Immortus project is, is a big one. It's, it's something that you and I have talked a lot about with, you know, the, these characters, they don't age like what it is now is called or up to. And it was revealed in, I, I believe the end of season one that he was creating these doom patrol members as an experiment to, to prolong his own life and there have been those hints, but this Immortus Project, giving it a name, giving it that history of, of what it was yeah. uh, for for the Chief, it really, it sets in that that history of, of these are, this is why you guys are here, this is why you guys exist, this is why you guys have all these troubles now. Um, it's it, it does, it confirms a lot that, that we've been talking about. And throughout this season, you and I have been hinting that this not the Immortus Project, but this mission by the villains to 
make Immortus rise again mm-hmm. is by collecting these pieces of said Immortus. It's it's very interesting. So when we talked about um, Nostalgia Patrol, taking that, that amulet of emotions from Rita is a piece of general Immortus, if, that, if that's what they're going to call him, but Immortus to build this character back up from the different well, canopic thinking, jars. Like, is that like canopic jars or was that just the essence of longevity that they took from Rita? Because they took that, we saw something similar in this episode, only in a gaseous form, you know, not liquid in, an, in, in, a, in a necklace. Um, and then Dorothy kind of gave him the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, right? The whole, the whole necklace. Yeah, the whole, the whole talisman. Or at least what yeah. was left of it, right? So it seems like it's pretty much just like this, you know, chaos emerald that they all have to like get and piece back together or uh uh what's the other one sacred jewel shard kind of thing you know it's just that whole thing there's shards whatever you get the idea of the uh, yeah i gotcha yeah they're they're building a thing yeah and and it seems like at the end of this episode there is another victim of the the new immortus project i don't know it's gonna get confusing. So it's, that's do- a good. I like that tag. Keep that in mind. So let's let's you and I just keep an eye on that. Let's let's just call it the new Immortus Project with jo- yeah. Doctor Janus Immortus Pro- <laughs> Immortus Project Two by Doctor uh, Janus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, you were saying like the whole this whole thing kind of like furthers my love for uh, Madame Rouge, a part of the team, because it how close she was with the bureau and like with the fuzzy memory and everything still gives Mm -hmm. us mystery behind like the mysteries of the doom patrol, you know, at least in the first couple seasons with the chief, it was just like kind of shrug off as everything being weird because that's what it was because it was, everything is weird. We're just like, yeah, that's it. We're okay with that. But now that we have like Rouge that can, be somewhat closer to like the viewer and like be like hmm that's still odd but like I kind of go with it you know it's just my instinct to just go with it and deal with the odd um so it's just really cool it kind of just furthers the uh importance of her being in this group and um I don't know she's just a better chief <laughs> yeah it's 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 a little bit like Victor is the straight man in the group like everyone's weird but victor is supposed to be the normal person and i keep and i'm using air quotes madame rouge is like the at home villain at home normalcy bureau of normalcy person that that chimes in with like like you said like this is weird but also this is this is what the this is the villain mindset to what's going on here and like she has a way of advising in such a in such a way that reflects Niles Calder, but also reflects what an antagonist might be thinking. So she has that that tangibility there. Yeah. And can also fill in the gaps between how weird Willoughby Kipling is, who Mark Shepard returns in this episode. It's it's that tangibility that she brings 
that marries both like it connects the doom patrol to to whatever weird thing this um chaos magician is 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 yammering about what a cool phrase cool name cool cool title huh put that on a resume chaos magician yep absolutely and and you know that this this episode uh let's like they are recovering from from nostalgia patrol right like this doom patrol they're recovering from the last adventure against mr 104 and and dr janice and all that um i thought when the episode started and i mean with the recap it seemed kind of odd at first because i didn't know if dorothy was going to play a part in this episode to further connect everything like between um willoughby kipling and 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 what happened in in casey patrol because at the end of Casey Patrol, it seemed like, okay, Dorothy and Casey are going to go reconnect with the Doom Patrol, or for Casey to be connecting for the first time. But it, it started with this recap. I don't know if you watched the recap for the episode. Yeah, it was... <laughs> for the wrong episode, right? It can't be, right? Because we have to believe that there's people that are way smarter than us that do this job and get paid a lot of money to get things correct right it couldn't have been for the wrong episode i just i don't know why there was so much danny patrol stuff right there so did you look back on casey patrol's intro to see if it was like should they have been switched or it should have been are you serious yeah because it was recapping to jump into this one and then Casey Patrol was recapping. It was a uh, you're joking. Yeah, th- it should have been a flip floor for Casey. Yes, this, because we, this, should we, man? Should, well, people, I don't know if they can re-edit it, but no, I'm just saying that people already pointed out on the internet, and we're just so late to the game. No, I, I think people will. Somebody will. But it, yeah, I mean, the recap for today's episode was an or the origin of morally corrupt, which. Yeah, I, I, because I, I was also thinking about that last week. I didn't say anything, but th- when I was talking about Sex Patrol and 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 the Dead Boy Detectives and everything that we talked about with Casey Patrol and everything that was talked about in the show, I was thinking like, okay, the re- the recap would show exactly what we saw in today's recap, which was just it was just bizarre. When I saw it, I was like, oh, this should have been for the for yeah. the last episode. And then when I rewatched the recap from last week, it was like, oh, that's a jumping off point for what we get into today. But regardless, it was fine. I, I liked it. I liked seeing it. And I, it just makes me want to see, I, if anything, it makes me, it confirms my thought that Casey Patrol is going to connect with the Doom Patrol by like the next episode. Because this episode ends on a cliffhanger it doesn't conclude itself like right. other episodes have in the sense of like the the, the in episode plot yeah yeah it doesn't conclude and say okay well that's the end of this episode tune in next week for another wacky adventure yeah this adventure didn't conclude it's still ongoing so it's a uh, pretty interesting that we see uh, a synopsis that's con- going to continue in- into the next episode um, and so, yeah, with the, the way that this episode starts, it, it really starts off with negative man who is going to leave in search of Keeg, who has 
in Nostalgia Patrol chosen Mr. 104 for some reason. And so, you know, Negative Man, he, he's not part of, of the main story with, with the teenageifying bit, but he does meet up with Mr. 104, and there's more revelation, like you said, of the lore that happens with just those two characters, which is, mm-hmm. which is pretty substantial. Um, I think there's a trend here. I like the trend. But I was wondering what you, what you think about uh, Mr. 104 and Negative Man here. What do you mean kind of trend? I don't understand what you mean by a trend. Like, I get where they have the similarities, um, and I can see where they have common ground, and obviously that's like a, 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 a beautiful relationship in the making, I hope. Um, but what are you seeing that I'm not? Exactly what you just said. I think about it. There's common ground between Negative Man and Mr. 104. Right. And I, I, I love it. So there seems to be a spark of a connection. Yeah. We see that as well with Rita and Madame Rouge. Platonically, we're not talking, I mean, we're not in, 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 insisting that there's, or inferring that there's going to be like a more romantic relationship. No, I wasn't um, at all. Rita and Madame Rouge were best friends. Best friends still are, you know, it's just... And we that. have the... What I think is, is the trend here is... is we, we said this all the time, but there's... There's more in common that the Doom Patrol have with their villains than they think. Yeah. And so Madame Rouge and Rita, you have Negative Man and Mr. 104, and Crazy Jane and Shelly Byron, a.k.a. The Fog. Okay. And there's more of these connections. You can, have, you can even put Cliff in the brain and that kind of thing if you want, but... You know, they just needed to have a talk. I don't think they got to have a talk. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of the characters, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's there's more connections that that can be made. But yes, absolutely. There's there's this this spark between Mister One Hundred Four and Negative Man. As soon as I saw that Mister One Hundred Four, um, you know, he he finds Mister One Hundred Four. Mister One Hundred Four explains that Key has chosen him for for some reason. He doesn't know. He can't get rid of him, and Key has revealed that he's trying to save Larry Trainer, and by doing so, he reveals the past of both characters to each other. Right, and in that moment, Negative Man, or I'm sorry, Mister One Hundred Four, changes his. Uh, he changes his 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 molecular structure to be compatible with negative man yeah and that is such a poetic response that it to me it's like this is how you save someone this is how you help them progress by finding someone who can support you you know it's not like just key being like your power cell yeah. To keep you going. That's not you gotta have supporting. Gets you. Um, yeah. It's especially with, with Larry Trainers going this long with realizing that like, you know, I have to be bandaged up all this time, otherwise like everybody's going to die. We saw that happen in a room, like you took a mask off and literally everybody just instantly started dying. Like that 
does some shit to you, right? Like the whole thought of like, I can't get close to anybody. That's the thing. But then you have someone like Mr. 104 that wants to make that effort and wants to change his skin into lead. That's like, oh snap, that's a big thing. So yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, This is hopefully something good. Um, (laughs) I just hope it's not like an ulterior motive, you know? I hope it's not just like a let's let's get on the good side of Larry Trainer negative man for God knows what reason in the future if you need to use him as something destructive. I don't know. That's the only thing. Like, I just hope that it's all uh, happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that might be the thing where we see characters that see the, the easy road and they might be unjust to the other uh, to obtain survivability. And Mr. 104 explains that in today's episode. When we see him change his molecular structure to be compatible with the radiation or to negate the the radiation of negative man, I'm I'm led to believe, man, there's a lot of lead <laughs> negate, yeah. um, all the words there. Um, it, it, it leads me to think that maybe negative man can do the same for Mr. 104, that he can also be the answer for him, like, with with his condition. That's and, what I'm and, curious about, though. What is his condition? Like, what does Mr. 104 need? Does he need uh, a companion like Larry? Like, is that the thing that he's been looking for? Or, because I don't know anything about 104. Like, what's he, what's in it very, for him? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? That's the thing. I'm all I'm all happy for Larry. Absolutely, absolutely, finding someone that can be close to you. Um, yeah. yeah what, and for, what would be Rama. what would be what would be Larry's immortus? Right. What would be his his spirit of longe- longevity? Because we we might say it's Keeg, but Mister One Four just had Keeg. If he got if he got the money, right? Why not run with it? But here he is trying to give it back, trying to get rid of it. You know, he, he is working for Dr. Janice. He is working to to bring Immortus back to life. He's got key. Why not why not bail? Why not get what you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah, he returns it. And in the long run, he's saved negative man in this moment. So it's it's very strange. I don't know what if Keeg and slash or the negative spirit were not the key to Larry's longevity. What if they were separate things? Yeah, it could be something separate. Like, what if it is just the shard in Larry's bloodstream? Yeah. Super irradiated bloodstream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very very curious because, like, the emotional spectrum that Rita had from her, it seemed like, okay, that fits your personality. That's who you are. That's how we get the essence of your spirit. The essence of spirit for negative man, you would think, would be like, oh, like, oh it's key. Like, he... You yeah, got, you, you would think. You connected with the negative space. You would think. But then that what was, was... But then it's just kind of going back to... How, what's the extraction process? So, I, <laughs> we're back to the extraction mm-hmm. process. We've only seen two. 
liquid form in the form of that amulet and that in gaseous in today's episode. Yeah. That could be a clue to something if we don't want to skip ahead yet. But the only other one was an actual amulet itself from Dorothy. So that's like, uh, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a, a shard of the immortality. You know what I mean? Like that is the full immortality thing. Exactly. And I'll leave it open because I, I want to hear from other people. It's, it's, you know, it's, what are their thoughts? What do they think is, is going to happen with Negative Man and Mr. 104 as they move forward with, with the plot line? But yes, Does I it do all have wanna... to be extracted in different ways. That's what I'm curious about. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and that's, yeah, so let's talk about the next character because I do want to talk about Crazy Jane a lot. I do want to so, talk about this character. What if Larry has to open up his heart in order for them to extract the essence of the longevity? Then it's like a bait and switch. Gotcha. Made you fall in love with me. Now I stole your long life. That sucks. I stole your love. Oh, you're going to break this man's heart. Oh, that yeah, would be perfect. Man. Emotion, love, like heart. they're, yeah, heart, like, you know, your heartstrings or something. You know, I, I can see that. I can see Larry Trainer's love being stolen. So the thing abused. that they stole, so if you want to go that one, what we got stolen in today's episode would have been, drumroll, uh, youth from Kay. She didn't have a childhood. Yeah, exactly. So. This was her moment to relive a childhood or all that whole wonder and yada, yada, yada for everybody to actually, you know, in a way. And I think it got taken away. So maybe that's, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking yeah. too, too, uh, too metaphysical. No, I, you might be honest. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I'm processing what you're saying because I really do consider then maybe there is something there, like that the youth of K is is that is 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 her longevity. Like that's you stealing the essence yeah. of emotion and 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 love, maybe from Larry Trainer, but then the youth of of K of, Chalice. Uh, Chalice. Yeah, you're taking the only thing that she has left. Um, yeah, absolutely. Or or that you know what's been stolen from her before, and that she holds on to it. Yeah, absolutely. I could I could totally see that. And yeah, I, I let's talk about Crazy Jane because as soon as Crazy Jane's okay. <laughs> as soon as the Crazy Jane oh, arc mama. begins in this yeah. episode, I have never seen a more explicit shot of like drug use in a comic book show before the way I see it here. Like it is like <laughs> what do you mean? Like she, that? It's like, oh, that's straight up a bowl. Oh, you're she like was going lighting hard. that yeah, bowl. That, that lighter like, is like in that bowl, huh? You're not even cornering it. You're just fucking torching that whole top. You're taking yeah. the entire bowl. Yeah, it's not even like a the touch of green. It's like no, no we're cooking it's the like, whole thing. <laughs> she's not sharing it with anybody. She's gonna get greens on that first hit. Hell yeah, get the whole yeah. greens on that first hit. I think we've all been there before where you get the music right, you lay in bed, and you're like, I'm, I won't call you out. Uh, it, it, uh, no, you're fine. You can call me out. I don't think, um, not, uh, oh, I don't care. I mean, I'm, we all do it. 
It's just no, like, yeah, uh, it's just when I'm smoking, <laughs> I kind of just don't get that feeling that much when I'm smoking, you know what I mean? And I think that's why I'm weird. It's like, oh, snap. Am I the weird one? I kind of just want to, like, no, keep the music playing. Like, I want to, yeah, or, I don't know. No, Stare I'm at not, my hand. Don't put my hand in my pants, you know what I mean? Hey. Oh, no, I didn't mean like that. I just meant, like, I, too, will, like, get my headphones on. Like, sometimes I do like to lis- lay in bed and listen to music. And, you know, it's like what Jane does in this opening scene, like just like the music itself, by the way, they did it. I don't know if you have the subtitles on when you watch the episode. No, they did it with an English song. Yeah. They <laughs> ID the music in this. Yep. I'm telling you, man. Yep. If it was Spanish music, it would have been like Spanish music playing. I, I, I don't I don't get it. But maybe, anyways, maybe it's the same people that switch the, uh, the recap. <laughs> that are in charge of the are in charge of the uh subtitles. One step forward, two steps back. Dang, you edge. guys got a job opening? Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So tired by crawlers. That music starts playing when she's smoking weed. And that's a I fucking like that song. It's a good weed that song. That song was awesome. Song. Yeah. The whole the whole episode has some good some good ones in here. Um later on when we get to the the high school party or whatever the hell pool party pool party in the gymnasium they got of course Shoshana Sachi right in today's episode got MCR playing teenagers so yeah that was kind of like that was a that was a given right to just have the song teenagers in this episode like it was everybody at least I was waiting for it yeah that was a layup for sure that was that was an easy pointer um yeah absolutely but it's like he got it right Gerard Way High school party with teenagers, Doom Patrol, like, gotta do it. So, um, now my only question about Crazy Jane that I had that I, that it wasn't revealed because there's a lot of revelations for Crazy Jane in this episode. Well, maybe except the fact of the Immortals Project, like, what the hell happened? But the underground, right? So she finds herself in the underground. And there's this very funny moment with all the cast and crew of the underground, which, fantastic to see them again it's a very short moment i hope there's more of it um but why what who whom or or what has brought crazy jane into the underground i mean obviously she's it was herself i think she was like kind of like i don't know back of your mind like i'm not i'm doing something bad (laughs) um or maybe that's just like a reflex to just like fall back into that, you know? Um, I don't know. Do you see it as a problem that to go back into the underground? Obviously, the other characters are kind of like, what's up? Like, what are you doing here? Um, but like, is that like, why would they have that reaction? Is it, are they supposed to be like, you're supposed to be up there. Like, why are you down here? You're you're never down here. I don't know. Yes, I, I, I'm. I'm thinking in my head. Like, I, I thought about it in the episode, and I obviously the whole adventure starts with Rita and and the teenaging, de aging formula that I I lost track of it. So I remember writing it down as a question, but I was thinking like, did she? pull herself into the underground like just out of meditation or you know being at peace with herself that she 
goes back into oh, herself. Oh, that's a good way to think about it. And then I, th- I guess a, a a really weird these theory would be that maybe K switched places with her. Maybe maybe Jane has gone has been chosen to go back into the underground, and and K has decided to be a primary for once in her life, and she doesn't realize that. And maybe Kay is like, I do want to experience my life. And you're helping me. And so it's a very weird moment. It could be a very beautiful moment, if that's the case. But I think it's more of a, a person. Like, there is a there is a who did this, and not just what happened. But it, maybe the answer is Kay. And instead of just meeting by the lake like they normally do, because Kay has a, has a has a spot, if Kay right. wanted to meet her in the underground, she would have met her there by the lake. They would have talked about something, but no, maybe Jane was just sent to the underground to take a break, and maybe Kay wants to be up there and enjoy the moment. So maybe Kay maybe Kay went up, possibly. Um... I kind of thought it was just like a reflex, like a, (laughs) she thought she was in trouble. She thought she was doing something that she wasn't supposed to do. Um, And it was kind of like a slap on the wrist and it was like a reflex to like, oh, uh, I don't know. I got to go home kind of thing. (laughs) I go, oh crap, I got to go home and just, you know, freaked out and ran home for a minute. And when you got home, it's like, what are you, what are you doing here? No, you're good. Like... (laughs) Didn't even know you were in trouble, kid. Um, yeah. I don't know. I took it as kind of a reflex, but I think you may be right. I think it's probably more of just like a, a mutual shared feeling between a person. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I'm very curious to see, you know, who who is, is responsible for, for such the event that happened um maybe it was i mean there's there's obviously something that has to deal with uh with shelly byron and if shelly byron's like now like a trigger for i don't know good feelings peace (laughs) if that's a cool that's hey that's cool you know shelly byron might be it might be um a ex machina like a like she might be a cure she might be able to help yeah jane. that's what i'm saying it's like well why does she, shelly byron has the has the candy shop right whereas jane has the underground i think i think yes. that's like yeah they, the they connecting did, they personified you know, it as the candy shop the, yeah yeah, the yeah. like that's yeah. their that's their domains to each their their realms right um yes but obviously perfect. one is better than the other uh because the candy shop is obviously free bright pretty candy shop and the underground is a trashed subway system, you know, um, kind of compartmentalized with cells uh, upon cells upon cells. What's now you're just quoting Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and, and Sky Roberts plays a huge part in today's episode. It's fantastic um, to see Sky Roberts, who plays K Chalice, play K Chalice growing up. Like really, there's starting to be an arc with K. Chalice instead of just being this 
monument that Kate that that motivates Crazy Jane, Kay Chalice is herself is starting to move as a piece on the board. Like right. Kay Chalice is starting to go places. Sky Roberts is starting to interact with the cast more because we saw that happen in um in uh, towards the end of season three, if, I forget the episodes, but when the flagellation happens, Sky Roberts interacts with the Doom Patrol because that essence is is personified, um, and now she's interacting with this this pool party. She's being this character. She's interacting with Cliff Steele, like she's being her own person in this episode. And um, the moment that Kay Chalice and, and Crazy Jane share at that pool is beautiful, to say the least. It's like a, it's a trippy CGI Euphoric. pool. It was yeah. cool. I mean, there was a, she shed a tear, and I was like, oh, yeah, I would, I get that. I kind of rewinded at that part. I was like, she, she was crying for a moment. I was like, yeah, if you saw something that pretty and you're like, oh, snap, you'd probably be like, damn, this is, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It felt very much like a vaporwave music video like it like the i really like the lighting effects that they did um yeah it was really good deep colors um though props on the gels honestly and whoever if it was a if it was a motorized thing that was switching out just like a party light thing that was cool if it was someone manually switching gels and stuff hey that that was excellent it really really good light work (laughs) i love that moment i love multi-angled lights Mm -hmm. that change the shape of the human face like in the camera so like it was definitely multiple lights going on in in the stage and when each color would flash it would change the shadows yeah of the actors i loved that that moment like and and then all the visual effects of the stones on the on the pool and they're all like fluorescent colors and there's change in shape and it's, it's it's very vaporwave. It's very like, I don't know, not to sound like the kids in the, in the show, but it was, it was very cool vibes. My dude, it was very, it really was. (laughs) It really was. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. So I, I, if anyone else has like any, any thoughts on, on Jane going to the underground, I'd love to hear it. Um, it, it seems like her essence is, visualize as that rainbow cloud that or, or rainbow fog um when she takes the hit of that magical wizard kush it <laughs> the names they come up with these things uh it, it i thought it was the fog i thought it was shelly byron like i even thought about it like when she's taking it and i saw the smoke and i was like i wonder if the fog could could come from that and so forth comes this rainbow fog and, you know, I, I, I thought it was the fog, but is it really just the essence of, of her? And, and that's what seems to be taken by Bunbury at the end when, spoiler alert, you've seen the episode, guys. Bunbury takes the Immortus energy from Crazy Jane. I sound like I'm talking crazy here. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, so, like, that, that energy was in the form of, like, a gas coming out of Jane's baby self or Kay's baby self but like we saw Rita's and it was liquid coming out of like in in the form of the necklace mm-hmm. is what are the other states that it's in and that's that was like kind of the other question that we propose of how the other extraction process is going to be like is that 
was that cloud that Jane saw when she was on drugs still the same essence? I don't think so. I think she was just fucking stoned. <laughs> she was stoned, but she was uh, she was in a trance. She was meditating with herself. She was she was um, uh, becoming She's enlightened herself. about yeah, about yeah. yeah yeah really truly absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe Bunbury is doing this. He's, it's going to be one of those, um, extremist heroes where Bunbury's going to be like, not taking it for Immortus, but taking it just to have it and take it away and make sure Immortus doesn't get it. And like a Bunbury's, Doctor Strange type thing? Yeah, it's just going to be like, oh, I'll just steal it from you now. And keep it safe. Yeah. And but then it's going to kill Jane because she doesn't get to live. But it's not about that. It's about making sure that Immortus doesn't rise again. So this is how we stop it. Um, it's going to be one of those situ- situations, probably. Um, but besides that, we have we have Cliff Steele who get who gets the the beat down Gran Torino that uh, they found on the side of the road, and I I really like the you know radio bit that was happening when he was inspecting the car I was thinking like oh it sounds like i was expecting the classic radio yeah. tune sound that we that we do for for our show but it's um, good to hear a radio in anything just every time i hear, hear it yeah. i'm like oh it reminds me of something um i i like what madame rouge was telling cliff in this episode so she's explaining to him that everyone should have like their 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 slice of peace that that they can go back to, uh, amongst all the all the violence and strangeness in the world, Madame Rouge is explaining like this gift to him is just I don't know maybe she's apologizing um, for yeah. making him a weapon. Yes, and in the same sense, like it's kind of just like that psychological thing that you need because it's not the last time that she's probably going to or they're probably going to ask Cliff to go be a robot, be a metal man, and just punch something and not worry about whatever you're doing and just punch it because punch it, you know what I mean? Um, so then you just do that and all's nice, nice, and you go back home and go back and work on your car. Do it again the next day kind of thing. So there is still a villainous aspect of this. There is still, you know, an ulterior motive of giving someone a gift in this sense. Um, it's, uh, you know... Sometimes it could be even seen as a little bit controlling in a way. Uh, Ooh, manipulative. Yeah, you know, there's always you're always gonna have some sort of last string on someone if, like, you say, "Well, you still got that car, right?" <laughs> yeah, you know, after everything I've done for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, but at the same time, this is a very beautiful thing that Rouge is telling him, like, you know find your peace there's going to be that that moment of serenity and chaos that you're going to find and you're going to thrive in there you know what i mean uh you know how to do this mechanic things mechanics and you know working on cars and stuff you can always figure out and fix the problem she saw that was something that cliff needed to continue to to see he still needed to see that the clearer side of problems is like, well, you know, I have that car. There's always going to be something wrong with that car. I know how to fix that car, yada, yada, yada. And kind of ignoring your own life and stuff. Um, 
Not once has anybody tried to help Cliff get back to his grandson to touch him, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is the kicker here. I mean, you're giving someone a car, and if you think about where he used to be with Doom Patrol a la season one, where it's like he's building the model cars, right? Or he's, he's, he's got the test tracks, he's, he's, he's messing with the Hot Wheels, and or zip cars, I think they're called zip cars. Right? Is that what they're called? Anyways. Um, yeah. So he's working on that. Now the progress is that he has a real car. By season four, he's done with Slot the toy cars. cars. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Slot cars. Slot cars. Now he's got a real car. And you can use that car to drive to Florida. You know, like there's progress with like now you, you used to just have fake cars in your room. Now you have a mode of transportation. You can go to Florida. I mean, they had the, the bus the, before. The Doom bus, yeah. but And he did go to Florida. He did used to go to Florida. Uh, we've seen many of those episodes. And then now they only had Shipley. So they used Shipley to try to go to Florida. It didn't work out. We, we know how it goes. Yeah. But what's important to know is that the apocalypse is over. They are done. Sure, Rita's recovering from Nostalgia Patrol, but... Now that you have a car, it doesn't stop you now to go to Florida and touch your grandson, right? So it it shows that there's some progress. Is there still a manipulative factor? Maybe, because not once do they talk about, like, hey, you could take this to Florida. It's just like, hey, when you're done punching people to death, you can come back and work on the car. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I don't side think... note though, I do want to say I love the idea that like the new Doom Mobile, whatever, is like this fucking charger or whatever. What is this car? I think it's a Gran Torino. Is this a Gran Torino? I've never yeah, seen pretty... the movie. Oh, that's a good movie. Is it a good movie? Um, it's about racism. <laughs> I think it, I think it's pretty good. I think. Okay. Maybe maybe the the ending is has changed, but I I thought. It's a good idea. Um, all right. So, but the whole idea that like their whole getaway or their mode of transportation now is this badass muscle car that, like, in my mind, it's like, yeah, I can see Robot Man in the tank top lifting weights on the hood on like Muscle Beach and like everybody's chilling around the car and that whole dystopian idea of the Doom Patrol in my mind where. I don't know. It's cool. It's it's cool that yeah. he's got a muscle car now. I like that image. <laughs> yeah, to me that's that's the like it it represents Cliff Steele. Like get that matte black Gran Torino. It's a little mm. bit rough around the edges, but that's the punk cool vibe of it. Like I I I do. I dig it. I and if I didn't think of it as like, oh, that's the new Doom mobile. But yeah, that that is, it that is. would be a great representation. They all piled in the back now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it too when they pull up to the gas station and I was like Wait, there's six people, right? Like one, two. Oh, I yeah. was counting when they pulled up. I was like, oh, okay, so you know, Crazy Jane sitting in the in the middle, um, there. So, yeah, it's a it, it, the story of Cliff Steele. I think it does go under the radar. I think that's it's the sad part, but it's also the way to approach it is to be like, oh, you're the you're the one I'm here to see, but I'm not here to see the the scars. I'm here to to be like, oh, Brendan Fraser, make me laugh. I love you because you make me laugh. 
And it's like, at what point will you sympathize for that person? At what, at what point will you truly care about the damage that lies underneath? And that, again, that, that it goes towards Cliff Steele, it goes towards Robot Man, it goes to Brendan Fraser himself, the actor. At what point do we stop laughing with and, and ask, hey, are you doing okay? Are you all right? And and with Cliff Steele, it, it becomes that. It becomes like, hey, let's have another fun adventure and, and this person is such an enabler, but we need to take the time to, to ask if they're okay. You and know, I'm curious if I was there, s- I would ask. Yeah, because it, it seems like you want to be enabled to be a rough as fuck punk on the street with with Cliff Steele because because th- they're hard shelled and and I want to be too because it makes you feel powerful it makes you feel good it makes you feel like nothing can stop you and then you know there's some people who probably would be like you know what I wouldn't mind being in a robot body as a brain I've been there and it's just lying to yourself like we talked about in the last episode so um. I'm very curious to, to you know what would what will be the immortus for for Cliff Steele here. You know, I I have no idea, but it's got to be something. Hmm. Madame Rouge just time traveled, right? She's not gifted in uh, longevity, is she? It's a very good question. I. Yeah, I don't think so, because she's been time-traveling. No, but she also has the ability to change and shapeshift, so she probably doesn't need to Yeah, age and de-age and all this stuff. We kind of get a hint of that in this episode, too, with her, when she's having that very warm heart-to-heart with Rita. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That one, anyway. that, one, that one hit me right in the feels there. Yeah. And you don't see it. I, I feel like you didn't. I, I didn't see it coming. Truly, I mean, well, I, I kind of did. When when you realize it's going to be the a, a Rita Rouge moment as they walk away from the gas station, I was thinking, I wonder what that's going to be like. But it was um, when they when they do have when when Rouge professes this apology to to Rita it. it it built and built and built, and I was like, "Oh, we, this is this is a moment that yeah. we're having here." And it, it really, by the end of it, I was I was a little choked up. And I'm glad it I, happened. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to think was going to happen. You know, um, you would have hoped. Ex- I mean, the best kind of the best situation came out of it. They're two friends that just needed to make amends, and you know. It happened, like it actually right? happens, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm over here thinking because again, this episode answers a lot, reveals a lot. Like it, it closes some doors. It feels like question mark. Like that's what it, and that's that's the part I'm like having my doubts with is that episode five really closes the doors on some some things we've talked about, and I just like wow, is this is this apology is really happening. It's really connecting with Rita and Rita. I, I was expecting Rita to really blow up on, on Rouge and, and um, not 
allow the amends to happen. But it seems like they really do connect. And I'm glad that it happened. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was such a good moment. And it, I was truly nervous because I was like, how is this going to blow up? This is so good. But And Doom Patrol has a way of doing that. It, you know, we, we've seen it. We've seen it multiple times. Um, even going all the way back to, to Danny Patrol, when Larry Trainer is performing at Peeping Toms with Morally Corrupted. It's stuff like that where you're just like, they're getting, they're making progress. And then the show is like, nah, they're just going <laughs> to land on their face. And, you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, this moment with um with Rouge and Rita, you think I, I was expecting something to stop this from 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 really connecting. And the same happened in Nostalgia Patrol when Victor's talking to his friends and and you think he's making progress. Um and you know, his friend Derek is just like, no. Uh, you know, I, I the person you were back then that was my friend doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't matter if you've taken off the armor and the cybernetics, the machinery. Who you were back then abandoned me, and I, I lost a friend that day. Mm. And so it seemed like, oh, he's making this progress, and then it just doesn't happen. Then we get to the end of this episode, and again, it seems like Victor comes back to Derek, and he's like, I want to be your friend again. And maybe it's because Derek sees Victor as the kid he knew in school. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was like, oh, that's playing psychologically to that. Like, I wonder if this was the age that Victor was at when they were all together and when they stopped being friends in middle school or whatever. It was like, oh. So, yeah, it had to have been. They were teenagers. And then right after that is preteen. Yeah. So something weird's going to happen with that, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're but hey, maybe it's just gonna be a good, good thing. Maybe it's just gonna be a friendship thing. Just being like, oh yeah, like this is where you left off. Now I don't know. Grow up. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's yeah, weird. I, I think there was some like heart strengthening that he saw young Victor standing there, and it's like, oh yeah, I kind of just have to give in to this. Yeah, or figure it, out what the hell's going on. Sorry. No, you're fine. They have to meet in the middle here of. You know, you're you're dead and gone versus, you know, we can reattain our, our friendship. There there's gotta be a compromise between the two to to get what they want because they I, mean, I feel like they both want it. You know, I, I, they both want to love each other again as 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 brothers, as friends. Um and I, I'm curious to see what that's like and what that happens. Um but uh, again, this de aging is still happening. So what's going to happen? I mean, he's still, he's getting younger. Soon he's going to be a, a baby Vic over there. And and Rita Farr is de-aging too. And then Cliff Steele is, is de-aging. I mean, he doesn't can't change into a smaller person, but... The mind won't get smaller, right? Yeah. The brain, <laughs> the brain, the brain and the robot. Start shrinking, <laughs> getting smaller. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bunbury saves Willoughby Kipling in the end, and saves jane question mark probably save save the immortus in her that's for sure probably um but the others oh and yeah of course is revealed that madame rouge too is 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 succumbed to the 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 aging and Mm -hmm. she herself was revealed um 
so it, it brings up a lot of questions in the end about about the others and um maybe that's the beauty of this episode i mean we've seen a lot of episodes where the strange adventure concludes within within itself within the episode but then a lot of doors are left open a lot of questions are asked and then in this one it's like the adventure continues but doors are closed things are answered and that's a great way to think about how these episodes are written like there's that trade-off like okay they're on an adventure and there's all these prompts and questions do we which i guess you got to choose which one you conclude if you're going to conclude this the adventure then you got to leave things open questions unanswered and then do the opposite if you if you are so i also really like that how like the the previous stuff or the previous concluded adventures still mean something like we like the reference for the giant eye in the sky like that said and done and apparently was concluded you know um, yeah but like that still like affected the doom patrol enough for them to bring it up in this instance of being like yeah this sigh in the sky you remember that big thing because it was just like you know that was a couple years ago and i'm taking like imagine like your normal life is waking up and just face stupid crazy shit go to bed wake up the next day face stupid crazy shit and like rinse repeat kind of thing so it does become so normal to you that you just reference fucking catastrophic events is just like you remember that like it's just yeah. really cool so like you were saying doors you know close on some storylines and things but they still mean something it's not like they're just ever forgotten you know we even get a, a reference to mr nobody in this and the stuff that happened in peru and everything peru is that one uh, uh something like that paraguay Paraguay. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, it's I really like that they still mentioned those things and they still happened. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, that was a season one thing. We just don't talk about that again. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like you said. It, this this episode is very um, lore driven. It, it really connected the history of this doom patrol the four seasons that we've seen it's really starting to connect again and it feels like i say it every season because i feel like with doom patrol it's like you got to prepare for the gene bomb you know you got to prepare for the end of doom patrol because out of all the comic books i've read it always felt like doom patrol was was a series that you saw an end coming for these characters. Uh, and I think only now do they, do they start writing the end of, of a series coming up kind of like uh Batman Endgame was like one of the first times I was like, Oh, th- they're writing the end of a character's run. With yeah. Batman Endgame. And normally with, with a Batman comic, it would just go on. Even if yeah. it got picked up by a different writer, they would just, <laughs> would just go and it was just, it would hey, just new go. Arc. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new adventure. Mm-hmm. Doom Patrol always feels like this is the end, whether it's the gene bomb or or, or Jane's lobotomy. These things always happen. Or or um, um, Dorothy, I think, died of like brain rampancy. She was like on life support or something. Jesus. Yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember the last name. It's a person who writes after uh, Jane. 
or it's a person who writes after Rachel Pollock wrote the end to to Dorothy because Rachel Pollock carries Dorothy through the whole thing and then it's like her she kind of relapses into dementia basically and then Cliff Steele pulls a plug on her and so Doom Patrol has always had this written out like ending and I feel once again that we are preparing for the end of the Doom Patrol like what does the ending look like will it be a happy one you know what you know we're preparing for and Immortus seemed I never really thought about it but Immortus seems like the perfect villain to set that up what is the end for the Doom Patrol what does that um, infinite ending look like so I'm curious. Uh, I, I'm going to leave it off with that, Nathan. I don't know if you have anything else for for today's episode. One little piece of thing that I forgot to mention. The, yes. The whole point of this episode, I think, was just another insight to the magical arts that is DC Comics, and you know, you can always tell because Willoughby Kipling's in it, and Willoughby Kipling's magic is so fucking cool to me, because um, it's like old like Arthurian magic kind of thing. And that's like a whole other mythological storyline that's, and that has its own different type of magic and everything. So like the curse that they have and the reason why like Willoughby can't figure it out, I think is because it's like ancient Egyptian. Um, what is it? Uh, Kepri is like the scarab demon beetle guy, yep. which was like the symbol on that, that vial and everything. So that was my thought process of like, why this magical curse is so hard, like, why this is, what's going on with this magic, and why is it so, you know, confusing? Why can't people just, like, do a non-curse or whatever? Why wasn't there a anti-curse in that box or anything like that? It's because it's probably, like, these, like, that box is, like, all those, like, demon magic and stuff, like, super dark magic, shit that you don't really want people messing with that isn't, you know, normal run-of-the-mill magic. Um, so I just thought it was really cool. Kepri. Yeah, and, and I I love the new lore. I love the, the way that Willoughby Kipling, the character, has been separated from, from Constantine. Because yeah, if I me remember too. correctly, they, Morrison wanted to use Constantine, mm-hmm, and then they couldn't. said... Yeah, yeah. They, they, and I think even Constantine was the same way, where he, the character was created because they wanted to use another character, and they said, no, 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 you don't get to use that character. Um, so we will create our own, and so Willoughby Kipling was the same way. I can't remember who was the basis for Constantine, but Willoughby Kipling is just a different version of, of Constantine. And and I like it. I love this whole Templar-ness. And, yeah, and, and, and not they, like... Judaism or um, Christianity based. Yeah, it seems like magic. everything with Constantine is is, is ex- exorcisms and angels and demons and God and devil. And, and yeah, very much like the Sandman. Like Willoughby Kipling doesn't fit in the Sandman, but Constantine does, of course, because there is God and there is the devil or Lucifer. And in this one, he he's talking more so about all the all all the gods, all the histories. So yeah, I. I the even the lore of Willoughby Kipling is, is fantastic. When um, um they thought it when they when they mentioned Immortus being, you know, God, I kind of thought back to uh 
What the hell was that Aztec dude from Suicide Squad? Incubus. Incubus, right? That's kind of like what I thought. When I think, and I don't know why, maybe it was because of Suicide Squad. And like in DC Comics and in this um, idea of like Earth-based gods and like their their ancient civilization lore and everything, even Diablo had that form where he turned into mm-hmm. a god, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of cool. And thinking of Immortus being like akin to that, which is the same kind of like Candlemaker-esque body structure, uh, as opposed to like old man on a tank, that's cool. Yeah, see that, and and again, that's a that's another thing. I I don't know. I'm so used to thinking about General Immortus. This Immortus will be more like Belial or or um, Incubus or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is just when you want to start singing an Incubus song, and you can never no. think of an Incubus song. <laughs> yeah. Um, this video game I play, um, Destiny. It they also had a character like that for season of the splicer with all the pirates. It too had a villain that was in separating canopic jars and they were trying to build this. The villains were trying to build this character back up. So it's very much like the same thing. So the mummy, like, you ever seen that movie, you know, with a certain actor named Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Never seen it. Nope. Rachel who? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> That's all I had for this one. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on Twitter at Radio Doom Patrol and the Dueling Genre Discord, where we have a channel for Doom Patrol Radio. You can find us there. Talk to us about the episode. Please do. Please let us know what you loved about it. Please let us know what you loved about the podcast and anything you want to talk about, any um, any topics that we talked about. Please continue the conversation there. Um, it's a great place to hang out. There's tons of other shows that Dueling Genre produces, um, and you can support us on Patreon. It, it supports the whole entire network. So um, I think there's the lowest tier is like three bucks or five bucks. And it really helps support everyone on the show. Uh, you can go to tpublic.com, uh, Dueling Genre there, and that's where we sell merchandise. Like we sell stickers and, and shirts and stuff for all the different shows, and Doom Patrol is included. So we have our own merchandise there. You can, you know slap a sticker on a notebook or something and hey it helps us helps us keep on going keep on making cool shows um and something that really does help us is reviews on wherever you listen to your podcast um just creating the review a positive review would be very helpful um it helps people find our show so when you leave a positive review it gets us a little bit more promoted on on the searches i know there's other doom patrol podcasts out there and they're all great as well um, this one helps us stand out a little bit more, you know? So if you guys loved everything, please leave a positive review. That's all I ask. And without further ado, DJ, please take it away. This broadcast is copyrighted by the Vectra Corporation for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast or any pictures, descriptions, or accounts of the show without the Bureau's consent is prohibited.